has stepped into this chapter and he made a statement in three, I deliver to you as of first importance and you've received it, that Christ died for our sins and it was according to the scriptures and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. All right, and, and now we gather today and we sit and say, oh yeah, duh, we celebrate Easter. Come on, this, this isn't complicated. And yet, I shared in our Sunday school class that two weeks ago, the Rocky Mountain News and the Denver Post stated that 83% of Christians believe that there is more than one way to heaven. What did you just do to the resurrection? What is the purpose of the resurrection? And yet, in the first 11 verses, he gives us eyewitnesses of the resurrection. I mean, if we had 500 witnesses of OJ, we would know for sure whether he was guilty or not. If you had 500 witnesses of anything, you're going to get a conclusion. But yet, he makes the statement there in 12, and 12 is sort of the basis, the hinge of the whole 15th chapter is if Christ has preached that he's been raised from the dead, how do some among you say there's no resurrection from the dead? And again, it goes back to the basis of this church. This church in an affluent society was buying the philosophy and the societal teachings, and they were bringing it in. There are many of us in, in the body of Christ today who our biggest struggles were the things that I have learned, the things that I've experienced, the things that I've endured in my life, and having God prune them and show me that these things were not necessary, these things were not right, these things were not appropriate. And we struggle with that at times. We struggle with that. And we're looking at theological consequences. And we, we looked at it that if dead men don't rise, then Christ didn't raise, wasn't raised from the dead. If there is no resurrection, and the, and the common, listen, this theme, this idea is so great, you don't even understand it today. I guarantee you that most Christians do not understand how many people in the quote-unquote church do not believe in a bodily resurrection. They believe in a spiritual resurrection, okay? And that, you know, God is spirit and we're all just going to be spirit people and just be spiritual and be great. And that is not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches a literal bodily resurrection. And you please, please, if you don't get anything out of these messages, you need to get that one out. And, 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 I, and I watch Christians, uh, I mean, that is a basis... For 83% saying that there's more than one way to God. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except by me. Why? Because the gospel message is based on the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ as living proof, as a testimony to the church, as a testimony to you and I forever and ever that the sacrifice for our sins was accepted. 
by his resurrection, he proved he is Lord by his resurrection. He is our savior. And there is no other name on which a man can be saved. And if you take the resurrection out, then what do you have? I can tell you what you have. Islam. Or Buddhism. Or whatever. Hindu. I don't care. You can put them all together. Because none of the founders of any other of these religions has ever gotten out of the grave. And Christ is the only one who ever claimed it. Just as the scriptures said. If Christ didn't rise, if dead men don't rise, then Christ didn't rise. That's all of his humanity. You know, people say, well, was he man? Yes. How much? 100%. Well, what I thought he was God. He is. How much? 100%. Well, how do you get 200% in one container? That's why he's God. It's not difficult. And it's living proof that he was raised from the dead. Why? The tomb's empty. The tomb's empty. But if dead men don't rise, if there is no such thing as a physical resurrection, then Christ didn't rise. And guess what? Our preaching is absolutely useless. Our preaching is useless. The message of the cross is useless. The preaching of the Bible is useless. It does has absolutely no... You might as well preach Shakespeare. You might as well preach a comic book. It'll have the same effect. It'll have the same effect. And we looked at that last week. And then I want to step into the third thing. And that, the third thing there is that um, the end of verse 14, your faith is also in vain. The word vain there, look down at verse 17. Verse 17. It says, your faith is, in the New American Standard, worthless. Okay? Same word in the Greek. Vain, worthless, empty, has no value doesn't do anything. Now think about that for a second. If Christ didn't rise and our preaching is useless, if there is no resurrection, then guess what your faith is? Empty. It doesn't do anything. If the gospel is a lie because the foundation of the gospel is the resurrection, then the gospel is useless. It doesn't do anything. There is no good news. Oh, by the way, that means there's nothing left but... Bad news. Then by putting your faith into that gospel that is a lie is as equally as useless. Sitting and listening to a preacher is useless if Christ didn't rise. I want you to think about it. There's a ramification here that I am convinced that the church doesn't pay attention to. We reach out to grasp a God who isn't there. If there is no resurrection, try to touch a savior who is not alive. Try that. Believe in a gospel that didn't happen. If there is no resurrection. Listen, this is inevitable consequences, beloved. We... We celebrate a little time, and I'm still not sure how we get chocolate rabbits and eggs, but and and we call it Easter, and and you hear all of the 
well, it's based on fertility, it's based on da da da. You know, it's based on a human being who was raised from the dead and got out of the grave. That's what it's based on. And he didn't walk around eating chocolate eggs. Listen, do you understand that the apostles preached a risen Christ? I mean, I already we went through this. The 11 survivors preached a risen Christ. G, James, Jesus' half-brother, preached a risen Christ. 500 witnesses preached a risen Christ. Paul, who was trying to obliterate the church, preached a risen Christ. The Bible teaches Old Testament, New Testament, a risen Christ. If dead men don't rise, he didn't rise. And all of those would have been telling us lies. That's the preaching, our faith. There is no resurrection. Then our faith is absolutely useless. It is worthless. It is vain. It is empty. You would be in the line of the psalmist in Psalm 73, 13. I have cleansed my heart in vain. Isaiah 49, 4. I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing. It would be one of my, my favorite responses. Why'd I get up early Sunday? I want you to think about it even more. I told you that uh, in November I will be 52 years old. And um, in my 51 plus years of life, I have never met a human being who does not have faith. I've never met anybody. They got faith in something. Okay, or, or multiple somethings. Okay, and yet the only thing that you and I have ever been called to grow in is what? Our faith. Okay, now don't get me wrong, that implies biblical knowledge so you can see the faith grow. But I mean, you count it all joy when you fall into various what? Trials. What does it do? Strengthens your faith. Okay, do you have... A vain faith, a, an empty faith. Listen, I know people right now who have a huge amount of biblical understanding, but they don't have no faith. They don't have no faith. I remember years ago when I was teaching the Gospel of Matthew, I spent some time in two Jewish books. One was called the Talmud and the other one was called the Mishnah. Okay, uh, the Talmud was an interesting book. There is an author of the Talmud that you and all all have heard his name, Gamali. He was Paul's teacher, and when I read, especially Gamali, Gamali had chapter after chapter after chapter after chapter 
of his understanding of the holiness of God. And I would give anything if I could grasp what Gamali had grasped. He had an understanding. If you've ever read any of the Puritans, the Puritan writers embraced the holiness of God in a way that is, I still stand in awe. Gamali made the Puritan look like rank amateurs. Okay? And yet, when God incarnate stood in front of Gamali, he was part of the Sanhedrin. And the Sanhedrin is the ones who executed Christ. And it was not for a lack of understanding of who God is or a lack of understanding of who the Bible is. But he had no faith. Had no faith. I was thinking about this. It was by faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God. God did not create through evolution. God spoke. And here it is. So that what is seen was not made out of things which were visible. You know what that means? From nothing came everything. Try that once. Take nothing and make something out of it. If you take nothing and make something out of it, you'll just have a great big huge bucket of nothing. Unless you're God. But when you think about faith, and you think about the gospel, and you think about the resurrection, listen, um, I rode on ambulances before. All right? I have seen people die. I have never, I'll be honest with you, truthfully, I have never seen anybody raised from the dead. Never have. Okay, and you know, I've seen people who had a heart stop, but they weren't dead. Their heart stopped. And you bang on their chest or hit them with electrodes or something like that, and poof, look, they're back. They didn't die. Why? Their brains are still there. Okay, now if you'd have left them alone, (laughs) yep, they're gone. But they didn't die. I have never seen anybody dead get up from the dead. I haven't. Sorry. Now, you know, I know there's people who claim that they have, but okay, I have never seen anybody. But I have been at the tomb of Jesus. And guess what? It's empty. And I wandered around that countryside in Israel and Galilee, and we have little monuments to everything. We built a tower, a church or something to everything there. I mean, there's a place there, the church where Stephen was stoned. Okay, I mean, you name it. There's a church at the Mount of Olives. There's a church at uh, where the tra- uh, not the trans yeah the Transfiguration Church, and there was a church at the Sermon on the Mount Church, and there's a church that hovers over Peter's house because they said that you're destroying artifacts. The Catholics were, and, and, and so we don't want you to destroy Peter's house, and so they make the church float above it, and it's, it's cool. Um, it's the one shady place in the whole town. Anyway. But, but that's just the way it is. You know, there's a church of the Holy Sepulchre, the tomb of Jesus. And, and they take it us all and then they go and they kiss the stone where the body laid. But there ain't no body. 
You can pay money and kiss the little whole thing where the cross of Golgotha sat down in it. We worship, people. Don't ever kid yourself. We worship. If we had the body of Christ, we would be worshiping it. Okay, uh, the Vatican has a headless body that they claim is John the Baptist. Uh, whatever. I, I personally think it's Paul, but anyway. Start another international incident. And people put their faith in it. How are you doing with gas prices? Is that working for you? Uh, a few years ago, I was in London. Actually, it's been uh, about five years ago. I was in London, and they were paying about six bucks a gallon in London for gas. All right? Which is ironic to me. Have you ever heard of BP? That's British Petroleum. They have one of the richest oil fields off in the North Atlantic anywhere on the planet, and they're paying how much? That's crazy. But I watch people do what? On gas prices. Their faith is moved. Why? It just costs so much. There's a lot of things cost more. What's your faith in? Miles per gallon? What is your faith in? Is your faith actually in this country? I mean, don't give me... I am thankful to be an American. We're celebrating our Independence Day. I am truly thankful. I was in Russia on May the 9th, and and I, I stood in awe of what I saw. Because May the 9th is when they celebrated victory over Germany. Okay, They literally took Berlin on May the 9th, and Germany surrendered on May the 9th. And you know what? The whole nation... 11 time zones stops on May 9th. They're done. You can't even get on the subway on May the 9th. You can't get a cab on May the 9th. You can't get a burger on May the 9th. The whole country stopped because we defeated Germany. Okay? But you need to also understand they lost 20 million people in that conflict. All right? Why? National identity. They, they, they are united people. They're, they're amazing. But their faith is in what? I think about this because I think about Abel. Abel believed in God. Guess what? If Jesus Christ did not resurrect, Abel's a fool. He died at the hand of his brother for no reason. You know what? If Jesus Christ did not raise from the dead, then Enoch is a myth. If Jesus Christ did not raise from the dead, Noah was a fool for 120 years. If Jesus Christ... did not raise from the dead. Abraham obeyed a mirage, a fibber. 
He left his land for no reason. If Jesus Christ did not raise Isaac, bless Jacob and Esau for no reason. If Jesus Christ did not raise, there is no bodily resurrection. Jacob, when he was dying and his sons blessed his sons, Joseph, why did he worship? If Jesus Christ was not raised from the dead, why would Moses have ever returned to Egypt? If Jesus Christ did not have a bodily resurrection, then why did the harlot... Rahab, stand on the promises of the resurrection. Why did women receive back their dead by resurrection? What about Gideon? What about Barak? What about Samson, Jephthah? What of David, Samuel? What about the prophets? They were stoned, they were sawed in two, they were tempted, they were put to death with the sword. They went about in sheepskins and in goatskins, being destitute and afflicted and ill-treated. Men of whom the world was not worthy. They were wandering in deserts and mountains and caves and holes in the ground. And all of these gained approval through their faith. That would be Hebrews 11 that I just did a fast tour through. All of these having gained approval through their faith did not receive what was promised because God had provided something better for us so that apart from us, they would not be made perfect, to tell you complete. Why? It is Christ. We have great cloud of witnesses surrounding us. Lay aside every encumbrance of sin that entangles us. All what you just, if Jesus Christ did not bodily raise, then all these names that I just read off to you had an empty faith in God who could not pull off salvation as he planned it. All of them. All of the martyrs of the New Testament era, there are more Christians dying for their faith right now than any time in the history of the gospel are dying for no reason. If he couldn't get his own son out of the grave, if dead men don't rise. This is kind of important. Did you see that now? All of those of Hebrew 11, all the trials, all the mockings, all the beatings, all the scourgings, all the stonings. All of these men and women who put their faith in a resurrection power of God for salvation. All of these people who the world was not worthy of. All of those who through faith held on to God were just stupid. If Christ did not have a bodily resurrection. Do you see why Paul says... This of most importance. There's theological consequences. This is the very promise that you can hear from the, 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 from, uh, the Rocky Mountain News and the Denver Post. There's all kinds of ways to heaven. No, there isn't. There's only one resurrection. Right. And only through the resurrection is there salvation. Unless you're going to the spiritual happy hunting ground. Have fun there, would you? 
Because my understanding of that place is that it's black, it's painful, and there's weeping, and there's gnashing of teeth. Listen, all these names that I have just given you that come out of uh, Hebrews 11, their faith was useless if dead men don't rise. Do you understand the incredible emptiness if dead don't rise? All the saints who have ever gave it all were stupid. They are all examples of useless faith. If there is no resurrection. You know, you and I, we gather together, we study the Bible. Um, you know, I just had this conversation just, just this week that each one of you today is at a very unique place, at a very unique moment with a God who wants you exactly at this place, at this moment, with this going on, so that His glory will be exalted through you. Now I ask you a question. You believe that? of you is like a precious star in the hand of God and it is based on your faith. And we all like to quote scripture. We have our favorite verses and our favorite preachers and our favorite book about spiritual stuff and all that other thing. And then I'm going to ask you a question. Do you believe that God bodily raises bodies out of the grave? Because it has theological consequences. If he doesn't. Because Jesus said, I am the first of many brethren. We're going to be like him. You know, we looked at it. 1 Corinthians 13 says, we will know as we are known. I don't even know how to get a a grasp on that. I will know Christ and God as God and Christ know me. They knit me in my mother's womb. My cellular makeup was absolutely to what they demanded. My position in life was absolutely designed, and I will know them as they know me. They know the hairs of my head. They don't know the moment of my conception. They know the moment of the time that my faith shall become sight. And I'm going to know them. How's your faith? I watch people, oh, so many, so many people bounce around from this movement to this thinking to this place to this place and all the rest of it. And I keep thinking, you know what? Why are you not? utilizing what God has given you at this moment, at this place, because that takes faith. Faith. Did you know that? It's faith. It's the same faith that raised Jesus Christ out of the tomb. There's no difference in it. I don't understand that. The same Holy Spirit that indwelt the Apostle Paul is the same Holy Spirit that indwells us. 
So why do I need gimmicks? Why do I need games? Why do I need this or that or the other? I don't. We studied that in our Sunday school. I just submit to the Lord. I know, that's, that's that word. Submit. Do you, you don't understand that. I'm an American. Americans don't submit to nobody. We blow them up. Or send them aid. If there is no resurrection, if Christ didn't rise, then you know what? The gospel is useless. And you know, I've watched the gospel literally change souls of men and women. I've watched it. I've seen people who do the psychology stuff and they don't change the person. They modify the behavior. But you know what? Prisons can do that. I mean, if you got a person who drunk drive all the time, I know how to stop them. Put them in jail. It's hard to drive when you're in jail. It may not be so hard to drink, but it is hard to drive. That ain't hard. But you still have not touched the heart. How do you touch the heart? Through the risen Christ. And the gospel is absolutely useless without the risen Christ. So when you think about this, you need to ask yourself a question. What is your faith in? Because I can spend time with people and usually very quickly tell you what their faith is in. It's not hard. I don't struggle with it. I I mean, you know, if the person sits around and talks about baseball or football or stock market or whatever, what's their faith in? And yet, without the resurrection, our gospel is useless. And by the way, if our gospel is useless, then what is our faith? It is useless. You want to see where a person's faith is? Let them come face to face with their mortality. It is amazing what shakes out in those little adventures. When the person is confronted with their own physical death... It is very easy to spot what their faith is in. I have been faced with mine several different times in my life. I have also had the privilege of of burying some dear friends of mine. Some were saved and some were not. And I can sit at the funeral and tell you who's got a faith in Jesus Christ and who doesn't. Listen, there's tears shed when a loved one dies. Don't ever kid yourself. But those who have faith in the resurrected Jesus Christ, the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, guess what? They don't grieve as those that have no hope. They're hurt and they press on. So if there is no bodily resurrection, then our faith is in vain. And then he goes on there. Moreover, we are found to be false witnesses to God. And I'll deal with that next week. It would make the apostles liars. Liars, But I can back you up and I say, chapter uh, 15, verse 1, I make known to you, brethren, the gospel which I preach to you, understanding what is the emphasis of the gospel? A resurrection. I preach to you, you received, and you stand, by which you are saved, if you hold fast. You hold fast. Now, I, I want to close with just this thought. Okay, you don't have to give me a response. That's, this is all between you and God. 
If God, who only spoke existence into being and maintains it by the power of His Word, that's all, has the ability to raise every human being, and He will, every human being will be raised from the dead. What problem do you have that he can't handle? He spoke existence into being. He maintains all of existence until its combination when he concludes it. And every human being who's ever walked the planet will be a physical bodily resurrection. One to everlasting life. One to everlasting judgment. And what problem do you have? Now you see why Paul says be anxious for nothing but in prayer and supplication make your requests known to God and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. But we missed the first part of it where he says rejoice. Again I say rejoice. Why? Because where does my faith grow? Through the fires. Isn't it true? Something gets completely out of your hands. You have no ability. You are just along for the ride. You become a prayer warrior. Why is that? And yet Jesus says our life should be based on this kind of prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. Why? Where does it all come from? Where does it all come from? And yet that is the power of the gospel. And the power of the gospel is based on one foundational truth. One humongous foundational truth. What is it? The bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. Which opened the door for the bodily resurrection of humanity. And if dead men don't rise, Christ didn't rise. If dead men don't rise, our preaching is useless. It has absolutely no ability to do anything. If dead men don't rise then your faith and my faith is in vain. And if dead men don't rise, then we can know for a fact that the apostles were a bunch of liars. In light of the first 11 verses where we had 500 and some odd witnesses of the resurrected, bodily resurrected Christ. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the resurrection. And Father, I just pray. We gather this day with so much going on in our lives. There's so much going on in our, our area. There's so much going on for the summer. And Father, we stop. We recall the resurrection. And Father, no matter what's going on, no matter what's happening, we understand that you raise men and women from the grave, power and glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the resurrection. Thank you for our Lord. Thank you for our Savior. Father, may we embrace it with every breath you grace us. In Christ's name, amen.